News Radio 680 WPTF. Good morning to you. This is a uh, kind of a blast from the past for me, Bill. This is Scott Fitzgerald, and it's been a long, long time since I've had the opportunity to be with you for asset protection. Today. Ah, Scott, it's so it's great to have you back with me. I was. It's my pleasure to invite you to do this. Of course, I want folks to know uh, why Jason abandoned me today. And uh, it's really exciting for him, but he's a new dad. Uh, and uh, I've got the good news. Uh, he... He became uh, a, uh, a father, well, for the second time mm-hmm. uh, last week, and he, he had a baby boy. His name is Arthur, and he's in good health along with mom. And so we're real excited for Jason. Okay. But uh, be, because Jason, you know, just for whatever reason, he thought he might need to be home. Yeah, I can, I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, uh, it was my pleasure to invite you back because for those folks who don't, um, you know, hadn't been a listener for too long, they might not realize that you were my host on this show prior to Jason. And, uh, it, you know, obviously you did a fabulous job, and it was just really, uh, I was providential, I think, that you were available and allowed me to invite you to come back and, and help me with the show this morning. Well, it's thrilled to be here. And uh, he's talking to you about your, your seminars. And this is this is the week coming up where you're going to be doing your seminars it again. It is. At, it's uh, an important Village, week. Right? An important week, yeah. absolutely. No. You used to only do two. Did you like all of a sudden heap more work on yourself here and do it do it three now? We've actually been doing three seminars for a good while. Okay, well, it's been a long time since you and I have done this. That's true. It's been four years, right? And but but the concept is the same. Okay. In, in other words, uh, our our seminars are absolutely free. They are education related. They are packed with information for folks. Uh, unlike a lot of public seminars that people get invited to, um, we feed you information. Mm. We don't feed you. <laughs> we don't bribe you bribe with a steak. Right. <laughs> you know, Bribery, it's the kind a... of thing where uh, there, there's uh, no food involved, although uh, water and coffee is available. Um uh, but it is absolutely free, and there's uh, the, the the key is it's one of the, it is the only place that folks can go and get accurate information as it relates to government assistance programs, and, and folks don't realize how important that is uh, to uh, but until they have a long-term care crisis and they realize how expensive it is. Most families, I mean, there are very few families, quite frankly, that uh, can afford uh, uh, to pay for long-term care, whether it's to have someone come into your home or to go to assisted living or, in worst-case scenarios, having to go to nursing care. Um, Families just don't realize how important how expensive it is oh, plus it's thousands and thousands i mean it could be eight nine thousand dollars a month plus right? easily yeah um and in some cases it can be even more than that but the other fact that so many folks do not realize is that your health insurance doesn't help you a bit no health insurance medicare does not cover any kind of long-term care need and so our health care system unfortunately is based upon acute care. So if, if you have pneumonia or if you have uh, cancer or if you have 
Yeah, anything where um, uh, you you know you go to the doctor and get a prescription, or you need surgery, or those kinds of things, Medicare uh, and your health insurance policies will cover a a good bit of it. It doesn't mm-hmm. cover everything, but it certainly covers most of it, and as long as you're insured. With one huge exception, that is the bane of seniors, and that is the need for assistance. Uh, so if, if you're unfortunate to have some type of dementia issue, or if you have uh, uh, a disease such as Parkinson's, mm-hmm. Uh, or if you're just uh, because of old age, you're frail, uh, you, you know, th- those are issues where your health insurance doesn't cover a nickel of it. And so what do you do? Now, some folks who planned well in advance and have sufficient resources, money, right. to pay for Let's make sure it. we understand what you're talking about. <laughs> it's not cans, the, the, you know, cans of beans on right. the shelves. It's the, money. The, exactly. They, those folks, if they've planned, oftentimes will have long-term care insurance. And that insurance, in fact, does pay for that type of care. And, and uh, for those folks, that's fabulous. You know, they've, they've planned ahead. But you know what? Most folks don't plan ahead. No. What percentage of people do you think actually have long-term care insurance? If you had to you know, I wish I, I don't know that number, but if I had to guess, I would say it's uh, less than five percent. Uh, might might be one or two percent, right. but I I don't know the number. Um, I, not I'm enough. Sh- not nearly enough. Yes. And so, for most folks, they're just saying, "Well, maybe we won't need it." Uh, <laughs> not, not a good idea. Ninety percent of people have a long-term health care crisis well, in their family at some well, point, right? M- m- most people do, and in fact, about half of us will actually need nursing care, and that's what's really scary. But, but the problem is, is that even if you don't need nursing care, uh, uh, most people will at least in some point in their life need assistance of some sort, whether they have to go to assisted living or whether they are fortunate enough to be able to get their care at home. Mm -hmm. So anyway, uh, because of all of those issues, it is uh, so hard for folks to know what the rules are. And I I can assure you that it's extremely difficult to find out what those rules are and to apply them. And there are very, very few professionals who know these rules. Uh, There are a lot of professionals who know a little bit, and sometimes they're trying to help you is the worst thing that can happen Mm. because um, they'll know one rule, but they don't know the exception to the rule or the exception to the exception to the rule. And in, in uh, trying to help you, they actually put you in a worse spot. And so uh, these seminars can be extremely helpful to families. Most of the folks who come to our seminars go away surprised to learn options that they have that they didn't know they had before. Let's take a quick break here. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about what you can expect with the seminars and about the whole concept, because I hear this all too often. Uh, I think you even say it on a regular basis. It's that uh, after the fact is too late. So let's talk about planning and maybe even the concept of 
know, penny wise and, and, and dollar foolish. So a break and back. This is Asset Protection Today on News Radio 680 WPTF. Asset protection today on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong will be back soon. He just had a baby. Well, he didn't. His wife did, <laughs> but uh, he's certainly involved in the uh, the caretaking process there. So, uh, I, I know regular listeners of the show will be happy to uh, to congratulate Jason on uh, number two, and uh, that is Arthur Lennon Kong. So, Bill, uh, before the break, we were talking about uh, the concept that there is planning if you if you're given. Poor advice. In some cases, it can actually cost you more than if you've gotten no advice at all. Um, but there is a good place to start. That would be one of your seminars. It's coming up uh, next Wednesday, right? Indian, uh, excuse me, uh, Independence Village in Old Raleigh Village. And three of them throughout the day, 10, 2, and 6.30. And two of those are devoted to essentially dealing with long-term care issues. And uh, the concept of you know, if you don't have a plan, it's too late to make a plan after the fact. The, right. the horse is out of the barn here. So what you help folks do is, is, in a sense, is, first of all, make sure the horse is in the barn, and then help them make sure there's a lock that works on that to keep them from getting out. Well, correct. And, and so for some folks, they, uh, when we say long-term care, what that basically means is that when a family member needs assistance of some sort, typically uh, someone to help them with activities of daily living, uh, such as uh, you know getting around, going to the restroom, uh, taking a bath or a shower, um, dressing. Uh, those are activities of daily living, and and there are lots and lots of folks that have difficulty uh, doing that. I mean, there are lots of folks that can't tie sh- shoes, can't button buttons. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, you know. Uh, they're uh, at a risk of falling, and right. these are these are uh, folks who are perfectly lucid. Uh, and then you have those folks who are not perfectly lucid, right. and they have an, uh, an an entire different uh, set of issues along with aging issues. And so uh, there are programs. Um, the big one is called Medicaid, not Medicare. Lots of folks get those confused. Well, explain the difference between those real Well, quick. Medicare is the health insurance program that er- everyone who is 65 or older uh, is either on or eligible for. Right. Uh, if, you're, if you're a U.S. citizen, <laughs> then, right. then uh, you're expected to go on Medicare at age 65. Uh, unless you are still employed with an employer who has a qualified health plan. Those are, that's the only exception mm-hmm. to not going on Medicare when you turn 65. You're not old enough to know about those not things. Not just yet. They're, <laughs> but, they're sending but me letters that say, Medi- get ready. Yeah, that's yeah. Medicare. Okay. And Medicaid is the program um, that... Um, uh, that seniors rely on for long-term care. If you need nursing facility care, and of course we hope no one does, but we know that many a high percentage of folks actually will, in fact, need nursing care at some point. Uh, and the uh, you know a lot of folks say, well, well, what's the average of uh, how long you have to stay in a nursing home? Well, the average is about three years actually, and that's pretty expensive when you figure that the uh, typical nursing home in North Carolina costs $7,500 a month or more. And it can be a whole lot more depending on the circumstances and the needs. And 
What really surprises folks is the cost of assisted living, because mm-hmm. assisted living can no, easily no be four thousand dollars to six or seven thousand dollars a month or more. Right. Again, depending on need, and there are other, uh, there are places that are less expensive than four thousand dollars a month, but it's harder and harder to find the places that are less expensive. So. Uh, programs, veterans benefits, there's uh, a program for veterans called the pension program or the improved pension with aid and attendance. There are a lot of professionals that actually call it the aid and attendance program. Right. That's not correct. You know, that's not actually correct, but it's, uh, it is that program and it's available for war period veterans and their spouses and widows or widowers, um, under the where they have a long-term care need and can't afford it. Mm-hmm. So there's there's some issues there. And of course all of our folks in our firm are VA accredited attorneys to deal with these kinds of issues and they're really important. But what I really wanted to talk about was uh, the fact uh, go back to something that you said earlier, being penny wise and dollar foolish. There are so many folks who are scared to go to an attorney for fear that it's going to cost them out the yang. Mm-hmm. You know, and attorneys are not necessarily cheap, and we're certainly not cheap when it comes to being lawyers. But the advice that, you know, the, the knowledge that we have and the advice that we can give can save people hundreds of thousands of dollars. And it's, it's like there are people, particularly folks that have a long-term care crisis, they're absolutely nuts not going to a good professional who knows what they're doing as it relates to these long-term care programs where they can get assistance. Mm-hmm. And so, and I'll give you two examples that are so important. Do we have time to talk about sure. those? Yeah, okay. Well, the first one, I just got a call, um, I voicemail, I have to call them back. Uh, but the bottom line is they're calling me now because mom died and they have received a Medicaid estate recovery letter from the, from, uh, the Department of Social Services. Um, uh, basically, and the claim is about $200,000. Well, That's the, a scary letter to get. Absolutely. Well, the fact is, is that why did they wait until Mama died? Because the fact is, is that there's an awful lot that a good attorney, an elder law attorney, can do to preserve and protect property and avoid Medicaid estate recovery if it's done in advance, if it's done prior to mom dying. Uh, and so when you go to see the attorney after mom dies and the Medicaid lien attaches to the house, uh, that's basically... Uh, a done deal. It's very, very, there are some exceptions where, um, uh, but it's extremely difficult to avoid Medicaid state recovery uh, uh, over assets that mom still has. And that's typically the house right. because the house is an exempt asset for um, for uh, Medicaid approval. Just so I understand this, are, are you essentially saying that when it comes to Medicaid asset, asset recovery, that there are certain buckets you can have your stuff in, and they're only allowed to reach into certain buckets, and you can come up with a plan to make sure that your buckets have 
had safety lids what, on them? What, what I'm saying, yes. In other words, there are ways that you can protect your home. Okay. You can protect your farm. You can prote- even, and your loved one can be on Medicaid, and there's no Medicaid state recovery. However, if you don't see the right professional uh, and you don't get help in advance, then the likelihood is you're going to lose the home. And so uh, in the case I just talked about, where um, they waited to call the attorney until after mama died and they got this Medicaid estate recovery letter, uh, basically that's a lien that will force the family to sell the house and pay all the money to the state for a state recovery. And that's that's a very, very bad result, which is avoidable mm. if they had just seen the attorney in advance. Uh, that's what's so sad is that people, uh, it's the penny wise. I don't want to go see a lawyer because it'll cost me a few hundred dollars or maybe a few thousand dollars. Uh, and then they end up losing the house because they were foolish. <laughs> <clears throat> Well, what about the people that say, you know what, yeah, I know I should see somebody like Bill, talk about all, but there's that Medicaid look-back thing. And Mom's real close to dying right now anyway, so it's not going to matter because I, I heard about this look-back thing, and if I look back, I don't even want to look back. Well, that, that's what you're talking about is the five-year look-back. And the five-year look-back has to do with gifts, transfers made within five years of the application for assistance to Medicaid. Gifts not, I mean, there is an exception. The exception is if you're married, you can transfer anything you want to to your spouse. And that's not a penalized transfer, even if it's done the day before you apply. But if you transfer property of any kind to your children or grandchildren or anybody else, then there is a penalty or sanction that will delay, significantly delay in most cases, uh, your, your ability to receive Medicaid because of the fact that you've transferred resources, money, or property uh, out of your name. Uh, and so that um, is a huge issue. But, but it, it's also, again, if, even if you've made those transfers, and most of my clients have made some transfers because you don't know when you're going to need help. You can't predict that I'm going to need help five years from now, so I better go ahead and do it now. Uh, almost all of our clients come to us in crisis, uh, and we have to undo, um, you know, we have to do what we call gift backs in order to undo problems that uh, families have created, unintentionally, of course. But uh, that's what the five-year look back. Now, the other thing that happens with the concept of penny-wise and dollar-foolish is the myth that you have to be poor to get Medicaid. I like myths. Hang on. When we come back, we're going to uh, pop. We're going to burst the bubble about that particular myth about poor and Medicaid. They don't go have, have to go hand in hand. As a matter of fact, you can have quite a bit in the world of assets and still be, a, be approved for Medicaid. But you need to know how and when to make the right planning. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Breaking back here on News Radio 680 WPTF.
This is Asset Protection Today on News Radio 680 WPTF with Attorney Bill Alexander. Uh, Jason Kong will be back in short order here. He is, uh, he's, well, he's already good at uh, changing diapers. He's just got more of them to do now since uh, they have a new, a new baby Kong in the household. So, Bill, again, thanks for letting me be here with you today. It's, uh, it's very much of an honor to, uh, to be able to you know, kind of go down some old, uh, old roads that we went down before. And, then, and before the break, you had talked about this myth of being poor, and you've got to be poor to be able to access any sort of Medicaid dollars. And I, and I remember it's been a long time since you and I have talked about this. I mean, I've heard you talk about it on the show. But that's a big giant misnomer. How do we how do we open people's eyes? Well, let, let me give you an ex- example. And again, it's because of misinformation. You know, the myth is you you have to be poor. You can't have any resources in order to uh, apply for and and be eligible for Medicaid if you need nursing care. And Uh, What happens frequently for us is that we'll have a family that comes in and and uh, they'll they'll say, well, mom's been in the nursing home for the last several years. And while we started out with three hundred and fifty thousand dollars where we 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 only have fifty thousand dollars left. So we're we're coming in now Mm -hmm. in order to uh, because we know we're going to need to apply for Medicaid. And uh, we just figured it would be best now to get in front of it by a few months uh, beforehand. And when they learn that if they had come to see me when mom first had her crisis, we could have preserved all of their money as long as well as their home, as well as their farm, as well as their other real estate that mom and dad owned. It just blows their mind. It's like you're kidding. Well, we were told that you had to be poor, that we couldn't have any money, and and basically, uh, what I have to do is to say it's because you got bad advice. It's because if you go to a professional, an elder law attorney who knows what they're doing, how to do crisis planning, how to take your money, your investments, your retirement accounts and make them non-countable for Medicaid eligibility purposes. And of course, the other part of the trick is what we talked about before, protecting Mm -hmm. that property from Medicaid estate recovery. Both are very doable by attorneys who know what they're doing in order to get your loved one on Medicaid. But the problem is you need really good professional advice to do that, uh, and it's not free, uh, it, but it takes that knowledge of how the rules work, and you can't do this on your own. Um, it's it's uh, Medicaid applications, for the most part, are what I call adversarial. You know, in other words, the Department of Social Services is trying to find a way to deny coverage to your family. It's not like, oh, we're here to help. They're not. They're basically, if you're eligible, then they will approve you. But if they can find a way to not approve you, to deny coverage to you, they will. And so uh, it's, um, I had uh, an engineer uh, last year who was trying to save his money, uh, his mother money, uh, in, from paying to do the application. Mm. And because of the runaround he got from the Department of Social Services in his application process, I even gave him a cheat sheet to go by. But uh, I told him that he would be better off if he hired us to help with the application. But he was, he, you know, we basically did planning for him, but he did the application. 
it actually cost him about $80,000 out of his pocket trying to help his mom that could have been preserved simply by allowing us to do the application for him. And just to clarify, you, you, don't, <laughs> you don't like I told you so's. <laughs> that's not what that's not what this is about. No, not, not at all. all. But right. timing is is so much of it. And when you decide to initiate the plan, it, it reminds me. And maybe this is not a good analogy, but my mother used to say back when she was teaching me how to drive, when you're coming up to a curve, you don't hit the brake when you're almost all the way through the curve because that's when you'll wreck. You you slow down before you go into the curve. That's your planning, and then you hit the accelerator on the way out of it, and that's after the plan has been implemented. Does that one sort of work, or do I need to go tell mom to give me a new one? Uh, well, I, I guess that's a decent analogy. I'm, not, I'm sure you got a better one. <laughs> well, the, the fact is, is that, you know, for folks who don't get it, and most people don't, there are very few who do, actually, that's why these seminars are so important, right. because... These are the myths that we are able to talk about so that people get actual, accurate information. That's what's so hard to get. There's not a book out there that you can go read. There's not a magazine. There's no, uh, there, there is no template that anyone can give you on how to deal with these rules. Every family's different. That's one reason I enjoy what I do so much is because every family presents a different puzzle. And it's the ability to put the puzzle together for the family that makes my job so fun. But it's not, it is a complex world in terms of trying to figure out how to put the puzzle pieces together. And that's where experience comes in. That's where professional knowledge comes in. Uh, but the seminars actually help folks understand that there is a pathway so that they can get assistance when they need it. Or the alternative is that for some families, it's important to know that there's not a pathway for them because of certain circumstances. So they need to know in advance mm. that they're in a situation at certain levels of care that they will have to privately pay for that care. There's not a government assistance program that will help them at certain levels. There, You have to understand that with long-term care, there's lots and lots of issues where the safety net has a huge hole in it. You know, so, you know, one of the other myths about Medicaid is, if I, well, if I've given everything away and, you know, I did it 10 years ago, then the government's going to make sure I'm taken care of. Well, that is baloney. Right. You know, <laughs> that is just so false it's not funny. And so people should not be giving the stuff away, not without really good planning so that they know that they're going to be taken care of themselves, you know, because the first rule of thumb is take care of me and take care of my spouse, and hopefully there's going to be something left over for the kids and grandkids. Right. But, <laughs> but no, rule number one is take care of yourself, and, and, and there are good ways of doing that. Um, but – you know, it doesn't just happen by chance. It happens because of good planning. Okay. One of those first steps, again, would be to attend one of these seminars. Now, people can show up, but you'd like to have an idea how many folks are going to be there, right? We do. Ahead of time. So what's the best way for them to do that? Do you want to call or email? How, how do you want them to contact you? Well, either way. I mean, they, they can email us. They can go online and sign up. Uh, on our website, wgalaw.com. Mm -hmm. They can call us at 919-256-7000, an easy number to remember, um, 256-7000. And so they can uh, call. 
uh, and make a reservation, or they can go online and make a reservation, or they can email us and make a reservation. So um, uh, that's the easy way to do it. Now, I, would, I, I also need to tell folks, though, that just like for the last number of months, um, we, uh, we will be doing two long-term care seminars. Our morning 10 o'clock seminar, our evening 6.30 seminar will be on the Medicaid rules, the veterans' benefits, uh, how to become eligible, how to protect your, uh, your home and your farm and your money. Uh, that, you know, that, the things we've been talking about this morning, right. that's what those seminars. Now, uh, people know that my reputation is on asset protection, and, of course, I do an awful lot of trust planning and asset protection planning for families, some because they need Medicaid and there's Medicaid state recovery to avoid, other families just simply because they're looking for ways to protect that, you know, they know they're not going to need Medicaid or, or any other government assistance program, but they're looking for ways to plan on how to, um, uh, the best ways to transfer property to their children and grandchildren and to protect it. Mm-hmm. And the, the asset protection concepts are really important to families. And I've had the best time doing an asset protection seminar in the afternoon. So the ten, 2 o'clock seminar will be one on trust planning and asset protection planning. Um, and, and so I would encourage families that are interested in those concepts to come to my 2 o'clock seminar. Perfect. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk more about Medicaid, Medicare, long-term care crises, uh, and, and maybe even some of the changes that you may not have known about. I mean, there's so many different things in that particular world that are mysteries and enigmas hidden inside of black boxes, and we'll shed some light on those when we come back. This is Asset Protection Today on News Radio 680 WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. You want to find him online, WGALaw.com. Uh, the seminars are coming up Wednesday at uh, Independence Village. That's uh, in Old Raleigh, and there's three of them Bill just talked about. Two of them are for long-term care, and those are the, the bookends, one at 10 o'clock, uh, another one at 6.30. The one in the middle is about asset protection, and there's so many different tools that you can have in your toolbox. And, mm-hmm. and Bill, I know that one of those is uh, is the creation or the use of a legal entity of a corporation or an LLC. Where do you want mm-hmm. to go with that? Well, uh, most folks uh, understand what a corporation is. That's the oldest form of a limited liability entity. Um, and so um, uh, in uh, times, I mean, particularly um, uh, long ago, uh, that's what people used to limit liability. They'd form a corporation. And so there are two basic types of corporations. One is a what we call in the trade a C-corp. That's a traditional corporation. Uh, your big companies are all traditional C-corps. Uh, and then you have what's called an S-corp. It's an, what, it's an election under subchapter S of the Internal Revenue Code that allows a corporation to be taxed like a partnership. I mean, there are some rules relating to it, but uh, the income of an S corporation, while the corporation gives you the limited liability 
the S election allows the profits and losses to flow through to your personal income tax return. Now, the newest form of limited liability entities is an LLC, a limited liability company. And um, actually, uh, a, a limited liability company can be taxed as a partnership, or it can be taxed as an S corporation, or it can be taxed as a C corporation or a traditional corporation, which is, in other words, an LLC has a lot of flexibility. And so uh, limited liability companies can be used in lots of different ways uh, that help people uh, limit exposure to liability. So it's a very important concept for folks to understand, and it can be used for a lot of different ways. And so um, now, uh, so, so for, for folks who own real estate, you know, like rental real estate, or maybe uh, it's a, a, a profession that owns their office building or something along. One concept of asset protection is to separate your assets out. In other words, for instance, uh, an, uh, if you have a professional business and you own your office, your office should be held in a separate entity and le then lease the uh, building to the business. And then, uh, you, you know, some businesses have very expensive equipment. You can also have your equipment owned by a separate entity, an LLC or corporation, uh, and that equipment is then leased to the business. And then you also have, and, and some uh, doctors and other professionals can even uh, contract out their income stream and push that into a different entity as well. So the separation of assets uh, and financial resources into separate entities, a very powerful way to protect your assets. Um, now, not everybody needs that sort of thing, uh, but LLCs can be... Uh, now, I prefer an LLC because an LLC has an exclusive remedy to a creditor, which is very powerful for the debtor, if you will. So that the exclusive remedy in North Carolina is called a charging order. And most creditors don't like charging orders uh, at all. And you need to come to my seminar, and I'll explain it in, <laughs> in more detail. But a charging order basically allows your creditor to stand in your place, but it doesn't give you any voting authority or management. It doesn't let the creditor reach into your LLC and grab assets and force them to be sold. They can't do that. And what happens is because the creditor can't manage the company and the debtor is still managing the company, the uh, manager of the company does not have to distribute income. Well, it, like at the end of the year. But because it's taxed as a partnership, that income is going to be taxed anyway, whether it's distributed or not. So guess what? If you have a charging order, the income of the company is actually taxed to the creditor because that's what the charging order does. 
And so the creditor gets what you call phantom income. In other words, they get the tax liability, but they don't get any of the income to pay it. And they can't force the manager to give them that income. Well, that's a pretty powerful thing. So after you've done that to the creditor, then you can go back and say, don't you want to settle this for less money? Let's work this out. (laughs) Exactly. And, you know, that makes an LLC a much more powerful entity for asset protection purposes. Uh, Now, Let's say that you have a C-Corp, which creditors actually have more rights. If they sue you as a corporation, they can actually uh, stand in your place as a shareholder, get voting rights, and and make property uh, available to the creditor. So an LLC is much more powerful as an asset protection tool. And you can convert a C-Corp or an S-Corp to an LLC, but there's a big issue involved, and it's a tax issue that you need to work with a good attorney like W.G. Alexander and Associate and a good CPA because if you have depreciated assets, the transfer is a taxable event. It's called recapture of depreciation. But The reason I'm talking about it is because there are, in fact, ways to convert without it being a taxable event. Mm -hmm. And so for those folks who have um, had professional advice about, wouldn't it be nice to be in an LLC, but their CPA has said, oh, no, you can't do that because it's going to be a taxable event and you're going to owe a lot of taxes if you do it. I'm here to tell you that Working with the attorney and the CPA, there is actually uh, methods that can be used to convert with, with, um, without it being a taxable event. And that's the information that's important to folks to know that that can be done. This is another one of those things where money invested up front could save you a whole lot of money mm-hmm. on the back end in the event that uh, you or your corporation get into a situation like that. Uh, one more break. We'll come back and we'll uh, put a bow on this particular episode of Asset Protection Today on News Radio 680 WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. And, uh, of course, we're getting you ready for the seminars that are coming up. Make your reservations by calling Bill 256-7000. You can go to WGALaw.com. You can shoot an email there and make your reservations for what's coming up Wednesday, 10, 2, and 6.30. The one at 2 o'clock is predominantly asset protection. And corporations and LLCs are a very powerful tool that can help you protect some of your assets. But you get another example of one of those. Well, uh, LLCs are, are interesting tools that can be used by a good planner. And I just wanted to share another way that we can use an LLC. Uh, one of the nice things about an LLC is that you can have what's called a manager-managed LLC. And what that means is, is that you can create an entity you can basically give that entity to your children or grandchildren but you can uh, in the operating agreement uh, name yourself as the lifetime manager of the llc of the company 
So even though you don't own it, you manage it and you can control it. It's a very powerful instrument. Well, uh, and and that uh, can be used in a lot of different ways. And I'll give you an example that I used just recently uh, where I have a client that owns two beach houses. One's the old beach house, the family home. Everybody loves it. It's an old nags head cottage. And then they, other, they own another beach house that's oceanfront, that's newer, that, that the family tends to rent. Uh, and they also utilize that. And then there's the home place. Well, what we did was we cre- created... Now, I, I have to say that the dynamics of the family is that there are three children. There are two children that don't get along real well. Uh, they don't agree on anything. And then there's the middle child, who's basically the the uh, person who has to solve all the problems. <laughs> so, uh, in essence, what we did was, in the estate plan, we, recreate, we created an LLC because everybody wants to keep the cottages at the beach. Uh, and so what we did was we created an LLC. We put the two cottages in the LLC. One's going to be used by the family uh, without renting it, and the other one's going to be rented so that there will be funds to pay for the expenses, taxes, insurance, upkeep on both cottages. Well, that's really important. But the issue was, who's going to manage it? You know, that particularly when you have children who don't get along. So guess what? We took the middle child, and the middle child is the lifetime manager. And then... <laughs> So that way, it's, it's at least solves the problem for the family so that the entire family with their children, the grandchildren, uh, can enjoy and utilize the cottage for at least one, if not two or three more generations. And that was the intention of, of doing it. Uh, the other advantage of an LLC, unlike just saying, here it is, y'all figure it out, is that with an LLC, the, if a family member doesn't like, doesn't want to be a part of it, they can't force the other family members to sell. You know, if you just said, I'm leaving everything to my three children equally, it's yours. And let's say that one child didn't want to deal with any of the others, they could say, buy me out, or I'm forcing you to sell the cottages. You can do that in a partnership. You can always get out of a partnership, no problem. You, you can force your way out of a partnership. If your operating agreement has the right language in it, you cannot force the others to buy you out. You can't force your way out of being a partner in an LLC. Powerful tools. And you're going to talk about this at the, the second seminar, the one at 2 o'clock, right, coming up? That's correct. Okay. The other two, long-term care. It's something that's going to be most likely – a thing that comes up on almost every family's radar. I think you said 50% of people are going to have a long-term care crisis at some point in time. Well, those are the ones that need nursing care for three years. That's, that's, <laughs> I stand corrected. Yeah. Every time I open my mouth, I generally am, which is why I'm not going to do this again for another four years, Bill. Independence Village is where it's going to be in Old Raleigh, 10 o'clock, 2 o'clock, and 6.30 are the times. Again, WGALaw.com. 256-7000 is the number to uh, to make your reservations ahead of time. Any last words for uh, Jason Kong and his new baby? Well, we're just proud of the man and his wife. That's right. <laughs> Bring the kids in someday. They'll probably ask better questions than I do. Bill, thanks again. Thanks for letting me be here. Appreciate thanks, Scott. It. All right. Again, this is Asset Protection Today on News Radio 680 WPTF.